Hello, I'm Matthew Bay, a senior analyst at Stratfor, a Rain company. This podcast is brought to you by Stratfor Worldview, Rain's premier digital publication for objective geopolitical intelligence analysis. Sign up for the free Stratfor newsletter at worldview.stratfor.com. Hello, I'm Ryan Boll, a senior Middle East and North Africa analyst at Rain. This week, I'm here with Scott Cardis to discuss the ongoing impact of the Russian invasion of Ukraine on Southeast Asia. Scott, great to be with you. Great to be with you, Ryan. So uh, let's just start off with some of the broader impacts of the Russian invasion on, on Southeast Asia. What are those and, and why are they happening? Well, there are a few broad impacts of the Russian invasion in Ukraine on Southeast Asia. Primarily, it deals with actually food and oil prices. Southeast Asia uses a lot of cooking oil, uh, specifically sunflower oil, palm oil, and soy oil. However, Ukraine, being one of the largest exporters of sunflower oil, is no longer able to export that. So you're seeing a big sh- shortage of cooking oil in, uh, in Southeast Asia, which is resulting in you know higher food price commodities. And it's making things more difficult for people to get basic goods. Along with the interruption of gas exports, uh, oil and gas exports from Russia has sent the crude oil prices through the roof in a lot of the world, which is making it far more difficult for Southeast Asian nations to buy fuel and fill uh, fill up their cars and trucks. A lot of these Southeast Asian countries rely heavily on subsidies, and the governments are finding it very difficult to fund these subsidies because they just they can't afford it with the crude oil prices being over $100 a barrel. So then what are some of the, the short-term and the long-term effects of these? If, if oil prices stay high, if other commodities continue to spike, um, what might happen in Southeast Asia? Well, high oil prices uh, can spell some kind of bad things in Southeast Asia. Fuel prices are one of the first things that a lot of people in countries like Thailand will strike over. There have been several strikes over fuel prices in the past year or so in Thailand, uh, and that was even before this Ukraine crisis. So as, as that remains high, we see an increased risk of, of strikes, disruptions, or just general civil unrest in the, uh, in the event that people just can't afford to fill up their cars and trucks and go about their daily business. You also have the worry that, as I mentioned before, with, with subsidies, if fuel prices remain really high, if the governments want to avoid these domestic unrest issues and potential strikes over fuel prices, they have to continuously subsidize this industry which is really cutting into their budget. And a lot of countries, they didn't exactly set their budget for this fiscal year with the understanding or the prediction that there would be a massive disruption of fuel supply and skyrocketing oil prices in the world. So the countries are faced with a few options, one of which is to try to get loans or or some other external financing to help alleviate this burden, and that's kind of unlikely. Or you have to continuously print money, which dries up inflation. And what we see a lot of countries doing is they're just kind of printing money, driving up inflation, especially when it comes to petrol prices and diesel prices. For other commodities, such as palm oil, which is very heavily used in cooking, which I mentioned before, countries are doing similar things. They're they're having to subsidize these very basic consumer goods to ensure that the average citizen is able to continuously buy them without going broke or just being unable to afford these basic goods. 
However, these subsidies, like I mentioned, they, they can't last forever, unfortunately. There's long-term economic impacts from this. Inflation's one of them. The other one is you start to run into rent-seeking issues with certain industries or companies potentially going forward saying, oh, well, these government subsidies are really good. We would like to keep these going in the future. Let's continue to lobby for this, which, again, impacts government budgets, especially in Southeast Asia, where the countries are struggling with economic development and economic recovery following COVID. So then what does this mean for Southeast Asia going forward? Will it impact stability uh, or is this just something economic? Um, could they face domestic unrest? And, and if some countries have problems paying their bills, uh, could they be needing to, to, to look to the international community for aid? And, and might that aid be a vehicle for foreign influence? Yeah, uh, to address the first point, yeah, I, I mentioned that there is the increased risk for protest. Um, the longer this goes on, the higher that risk becomes because... Again, the longer this goes on, the more this strains budgets. Uh, for example, Thailand, they fund a lot of these subsidies through kind of a special oil fund, and that money's running out. Malaysia, they had to double their subsidy budget, which is <laughs> it's not a small feat to suddenly double a budget of, you know, find like, let's say $5 billion, I think it was off the top of my head, to find that money in the budget and then not take it from somewhere else that might need this money. And you're running into issues as we go forward. Oh, well, if the f these subsidies are cutting up so much of the budget, what is getting cut out? Is it education? Is it defense? Is it housing or, or infrastructure development or anything else? Is it our taxes going to have to be raised to make up for these budget deficits? So definitely there will be a higher risk of domestic unrest going forward. Uh, with the as these continue, and uh, you mentioned you mentioned the uh, foreign aid. Unfortunately, I don't see many foreign many vehicles of foreign aid coming into Southeast Asia regarding fuel prices. The IMF, the World Bank, or other private investors, or even guard you know kind of guardian angels willing to just kind of bequeath millions of dollars. They don't really exist you don't really have these vehicles for foreign aid coming in because it's not just Southeast Asia that's having these problems. The whole world, a lot of the developing world is having these problems and they're facing, it, it's almost the same, same, uh, same story, just different place. High fuel prices are really cutting into the basic consumer goods and the development of economic development of a country. So they're just going to struggle to deal with this money. And, and if a country did come in and help them, Yes, that definitely would be a vehicle for foreign influence. That is something that a lot of countries do worry about in Southeast Asia. Politically speaking, there, we read a lot about the Belt and Road Initiative that, that comes with some strings attached, or even American aid comes with strings attached. Uh, very different strings in both situations. But definitely, if they accept any foreign aid for this, if there is any available they would definitely be opening themselves up to foreign influence that they may or may not be willing to live with going forward. Well, like with many regions, Southeast Asia is absorbing yet another major geopolitical shock after COVID-19 and now war in Europe. And then we'll just have to monitor how they adjust going forward. Um, thank you so much, Scott. For more geopolitical insight and intelligence, visit Rain Worldview at www.worldview.stratfor.com. I'm Ryan Bull. Thanks for listening. <laughs>